0: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week. But we don't always know which day it's gonna be on, so there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that, let's talk some rugby. just before we start today's podcast we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about our podcast as of now our podcasts will be hosted on the global player app now don't worry if you listen to us on other platforms like apple podcast spotify or acast that's fine but we recommend you download the global player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player the global player is available to download on ios and google stores I'm Ben James, and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. We're joined by a very special guest today—none other than former Wales dual-code international Jonathan Davis. How are you doing, Jonathan?
1: Afternoon, man. Yeah, good. Thanks.
0: Good. Good. Keeping well?
1: Yes. Uh, trying to, you know, trying to do a bit of fitness and uh, and all that. Quite positive. Going on a few walks, a bit like um, everyone else, I suppose.
0: See, so, yeah, I see. You've been doing a lot of uh, fitness work and pretty much breaking yourself daily, haven't you?
1: Uh, you know, just a 2.6 challenge, you know, just to get people um, doing something, trying to keep fundraising for all different charities. So, yeah, nothing, you know, as a lot of other people, than crazy things. Um, so, uh, marathon a day at my age on a bike is, I wasn't training, so it's uh, just just okay, manageable, I say.
0: Feeling it now or are you feeling all right?
1: Uh, no, I just yeah, kept on training now, so that was a spark. So, um, yeah, doing different things now, which is good.
0: Good, good. Well, um, the reason you're on the podcast today um, is to sort of take a bit of a trip down memory lane. We've asked you to go away and choose five games that are important to you. Um, how easy a task was that, whittling it down to five?
1: Um, no, not not easy at all. Um, it was very, very difficult really getting five um um, just, just, just down to five, and um, having played for you know a few different clubs, it's uh, it was it's a very difficult task.
0: You've obviously, got two codes to um, to choose from as well, which makes it probably doubly hard because it's a very different.
1: Experience yeah, it was actually, you. it was
0: actually so yeah, doubly hard. Okay, well let's crack on then with the first game, which um, is Neath against Bath. What, what what's so special about that? That's nineteen eighty-six, is it?
1: Yeah, I think it was just, you know, I started playing for Nice. They uh, gave the opportunity, and that was uh, one of the big games that we had, um, English champions against one you know, of the worst champions. So it was um, a, a, an all kind of battle of Britain, I suppose. Um, they had, they were a very, very good side. So, uh, you know, when they came down to the north it was a packed house. And it was an opportunity, opportunity to shine, because I was playing against... Uh, Stuart Barnes as well, and Andy Robinson, so it was um, yeah, big, big occasion, a uh, big house, and television cameras there, and you know, I just luckily had, uh, had, a, had a good game, and he was caught on camera.
0: And obviously, the, the sort of thing that people remember from that game is the try, which came from a scrum, didn't it, and a, and a fake drop goal was in there
1: yeah it was like you know it was a drop goal t- you know it was a quite a, a tight match for a spell and then all of a sudden the drop goal the three points have been important Banzi kind of rushed up a little bit and then I dummyed and went um, so um, fortunately enough Chris Martin bought the dummy and I cut inside him so um, yeah it was, it was a nice try to score to be honest and uh, again it's all about who you score them against and um, you know they were, they were a brilliant brilliant side full of stars and you know, it was a good, was a good result for uh, for um, for Neath as well, and it was, a, it was a Wednesday night, which is uh, I'd love being under the floodlights. I
0: was going to say, yeah, Wednesday night game. It would have been a crowd of about a thousand, nine thousand there, and you just look at the names in the Bath team. I mean. Jeremy Guskett wasn't playing, but you still had Barnes, Chilcott, Dorm, you know, Redmond, Robinson, Halliday, just so many yeah. great
1: names. You know, and then Palmer was a great player. You know, he was a very good player. So John Hall, they were, they were a very good side. And um, you know, if you look at their record, it just shows you know how successful, you know, they'd been. Um and not just in a short period, they were a, you know, one of the best sides in England for a few years.
0: Like I said, it was Stuart Barnes. Opposite you, what was it like playing against Stuart?
1: Well, I'd known about I'd known him about Barnsley because, you know, he'd, um, he'd he'd play for Wales at school by level and I'd seen him play uh, and then for him to, you know, go and play for Bath and he was in the running to play for, for England as well. So, you know, it was always competitive. He was a very good player and he played as, he was very difficult to, um, you know, to play against because he was really quick and he'd, he'd have an attack in Frame of mind all the time, so you know, with all those players around him as well, they were you know, they, you had to be on top of your game defensively as well. Well,
0: well I suppose this, this is probably it's one of the highlights of your, your time at Neath.
1: Well, um, yeah, I think one of them is that's one of the highlights, but there's so many, um, purely because you know, they gave me the opportunity, that's the important thing, um, which I. I'm forever grateful to them. It's a great club to go to, um, and it just—I suppose—they were going through a little bit of a bad time. Um, and all the players that came, they gelled, and um, you know, from there on, you know, and up, after that, then they—you know—they became a really big, big club in in Wales and in and in, uh, in, in in Britain. So it was, yeah, many many good games for you know for these against so once against Leslie, you know, once against Cardiff. And even the local derbies, you know, and um, on Boxing Day with uh, with Aberavon were special. So, yeah, nice nice fun memories.
0: And then, how, how did it come about you leaving Neath to join Thanetley?
1: Um, <coughs> I think it was um, Brian wanted to, you know, build a side and he wanted to um, get uh, players to to commit to the club uh, for a longer periods because he was planning, you know, the, the future of Nice. Um, and I th- I wasn't really sure what I was, what I wanted to do. I was a Llesi boy, whether I'd opportunity to go to Lnessy or whether I wanted to go to Llesi or I was working in Slessy. So it was all, it was odd. So you know, I, he wanted the commitment. And unfortunately, you know, I didn't want to commit, you know, for a number of years. So... He said, "Right, okay, we don't commit. <laughs> you can, you can go." So uh, I think that was that was a little bit late. So, you know, but there was we didn't fall out to nothing. He was a great guy. You know, I respected Brian. He was he was brilliant, and I learned a lot from him. You know, off the field as well. So, um, so that's that's where the, the move to Slavia started.
0: Then, of course, you had a reunion with Nathan in the 1988 Schweppes Cup final, which. I mean, everyone remembers the man of the match performance, but um, you had a card in the post, didn't you, the week before? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. quite interesting. I think
1: yeah, one of the players uh, opened a letter. I a letter in those days, and then uh, you open the letter up, and they just all the all the Neath nice players have signed a, a card with a R.I.P. on it. So um, that was interesting, um, but I knew I was uh, like. I didn't have to have it in a written form to know that if I was caught on a bottom of the ruck, I was going to have a good shoe in. So um, it was one of those things that I made sure that I, I kept well away from the knee forwards that day, control the game. Um, but it did it did kind of inspire me to have a good game. It did kind of motivate me and shove uh, the letter down the throat. So luckily, you know, we, we did win.
0: I was going to say, you know, you Players and coaches talk about, you know, like giving the opposition a team talk. I, I guess a, a card with a noose drawn around your neck is as good a team talk as any, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think I remember Phil Me and Phil Davis were that and then they said, "Oh, we knew we'd won as soon as I saw your face when you opened the letter." So, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it fully, I guess, it focused the mind.
0: <laughs> did, you, did you take it as a, a joke at the time, or, or was it very much a?
1: Um, well, I, no, you don't take it as a joke, I suppose, because it was, a lot of them didn't like the fact that I left. So, um, you know, but uh, yeah, at that particular time, you were an amateur. So, I, you know, I, I could do what I wanted to do. And um, it was a big, big news. Gary Pierce, I think, had just gone to Hell as well. So there was an opening in Llanelli. um, I'd loved my time in Nice, but I wanted to play for my own club. Um, so when that came, it was, yeah, it was it was in bad taste at the time. Looking back, and you can laugh at it, but at that particular moment, I opened the card. Yeah, I wasn't very pleased.
0: Obviously, you had the last laugh on the pitch. And was anything yeah. said about it after that, or, or was it very much uh, the talking's been done on the pitch now?
1: Yeah, no. I uh, you don't know what grudges, you do. You know, it's like it is what it is. Uh, you know, we controlled the match. We played differently from Leeds. We, you know, tactically we turned them, um, starved them of possession. And then we won. So, you know, there was no need to, to say anything else then, to be honest. and didn't make a fuss about it. It's been, you know, tagged up a few times. But, you know, it's nothing, nothing really. Just part and parcel of uh, psychological games.
0: Let's get on to um, your second game then that you've uh, chosen. And that's... I suppose quite fittingly, it's your first Wales cap, which was 35 years ago. Was it last month or the month before?
1: It's... Something like that. yeah, no, yeah, last month, yeah. So yeah. I think that's just because I had. I think that's one of my big games because I hadn't played for Wales. You know, I played for Welsh districts because I played for Trinsaren. Um, but yeah, and I, I hadn't played for Wales at any schoolboy level, or youth level, and, and I thought I'd never play for Wales. So you know, to to play for Wales. And kind of fulfil your dream as a kid is um, is always very very special and you, know, you you remember a lot of games then afterwards you know but the first one is is so so special because when you grow up as a kid that's what you want to do and um, to achieve it you're not a lot of a lot of players don't so it's um, it's a special special day.
0: What was the the build up like? Because obviously Wales v England as a debut is enough in itself but obviously Gareth Davis dropped out didn't he because he was listed as a another (coughs)
1: yeah it was odd it was odd you know I'd never experienced it before and I'm not sure if Gareth and Malcolm had um, but I suppose you know looking at it from their side it it was not an insult but they'd been there and done it before Um, and you know they wanted to play for Wales, but Gareth was maybe at the end of his international career um, and he said, "Right, you know, I, I don't need this." And, and I if I'd have been in, a, in, a, in his position, I might have done the same. You know, I was the, the upstart coming through, um, and maybe it's, it wasn't the best way, you know, to, um, to pick it because they said, "Right, whoever plays well the week before, um, you know, we'll play, play next week," which is a bit odd because it puts a bit of pressure on you the week before. I think, I think we played, I think we lost. I didn't do anything. Can't remember. Being one of the standard games. We won and everything. But you know, maybe it would have been better to wait until that game and and pick the team, the whole team, on the Monday rather than highlight the number ten. So it would have been not nice, you know. Uh, whoever didn't get in, but I was I was fortunate, and they they gave me the nod.
0: And then when you did get the nod, I mean, talk about taking your chance.
1: Yeah, you know, that's the thing you know, when. You have an opportunity, you just gotta control your emotions because it was very emotional. Um and then just turn <clears> the <throat> you know focus on the game. Um I right, Terry Holmes just from off so, you know, love playing with Terry. You know, he was my ideal when I played came to play for Neath and watching him play for card it was brilliant. So the partner was, was absolutely fantastic. So um, it was a lovely day. You know and we managed to to win it. I I kicked the the scrappiest looking drop goal you'd ever seen in your life. And then Chris Martin dropped the ball for me to jump on at a crucial time in the game. So, he just took his eyes off it. I I chased a bad kick. Just went a little bit too far. Um, I'm sure the the West Enclosure were, were blowing the ball everywhere, and it you missed it. I jumped on it. So it was um, it was yeah, it was a great experience and one one game that you'll always you know you'll always remember.
0: It was just one of those days, anyway. Everything goes for you, like you say, the drop goal, sort of scraping the post, and then.
1: Yeah, I think we need the points at that particular time. So I thought, right, you know, ball is slow coming from a scrum. A lot of people have tried it from that angle, a little chip. If it if it hadn't gone over, it'd have been it'd be all right on the night clip, you know. But um, it scraped over, and um, the try then was was another double whammy. So uh, it was, yeah, luckily it it was an experience and this um, step step up in in class and in pace for me. Um, and just you know I, I just really enjoyed the I just really really enjoyed the occasion
0: how, how did your life change after that because I guess you know you went from there was no name on the on the team sheet and under fly half to suddenly Jonathan Davis is Wales's number 10 which you know is the sacred position in Welsh rugby
1: yeah it's it's it's. I, I don't think you can prepare for it I suppose you know you're just uh put into the spotlight and if you play well all of a sudden people notice you and not only in you know in the press but on the streets and it's just an unusual kind of situation to be in but I think you get used to it then um, because I didn't you know you never think it's gonna last you know for because you think oh well, if I play well if I don't play well or will I play well again or you know you don't know what's gonna happen so but then you just the more it happens, the, the more custom you get to it and the more you used to get to it. So, you know, trying to keep as normal and as humble as you possibly can.
0: Okay, and then um, let's move on to the third game. And this is, we're switching codes now. So this first one would have been very early on in your league career. This is witness against Canberra. This is... Um, uh, was that late eighty nine? So that's your first yeah, season think the
1: league, it was. isn't it? Yeah, first season the league. Um and we just won uh, the, the club championship in uh, in rugby league. I had a great game beating Wigan at home. Um and then all of a sudden the World Club challenge was uh, you know, was around the corner and <coughs> excuse me, I sneezed in, excuse me. Um what happened then? We you know Canberra were unbelievable. You know, I'd watched them train and they all to the Australian City of Sport and training were just unbelievable side with Malman Ingle, Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, Daddy Belcher, anyone in you know, Australia, they were there. So when when that game came, you know, I had the first experience of Australian rugby league. So it was it was it was odd because First 20 minutes, guys, unbelievable the fastest game I've ever played. And um, slowly we got accustomed because we were a good side in those days, we got up to speed with them. And I think uh, in, I just got my head taken off by Laurie Daly. And um, yeah, I just didn't think anything of it. He was yellow carded, we came out and win the match. But the significance of that was I felt that people would kind of accept me as a rugby league player and I thought that I wasn't a softy. and I think that hit because I scored afterwards at high tackle and I scored. Um, people then realised maybe that I could um, be successful in rugby league. I
0: was going to say because looking back at the game as a whole people sort of saw that as the turning point in the game you know you scoring and daily getting simbibed but I guess as you say there that was probably a turning point as well in your league career as a, as a wider point.
1: Yeah, I think it was because I think people would accept then that I could take a high shot. Um, so maybe they'd stop throwing him, but it would be nice. But I think for the, the rugby league fraternity, I think they'd said, right, oh, he's not just a, a little pretty player. He can, he can take a hit. So I think they, they accepted me then um, as, a, as a leaguey player funny enough not that i was scored i was scoring tries he didn't accept that just the fact that uh, he can take a hit now he's alright
0: <laughs> as you said you know Canberra started blistering didn't they like Mal Meninga was they were oh. o- on fire weren't it at early doors
1: yeah I think you know I've been fortunate to play against some great players but um, maybe people like Inga Tugamala you know John Devereaux Scott Gibbs I've played against um, Green Miles. Mal Meninga, or what a handful he was, and you know what, one of the all-time greats in in rugby league, and just to, to to line up and walk next door to him was frightening. But um, he was an he was an amazing player, and yeah, uh, you know, they were absolute superstars and a great, great side. So, um, you know we did did especially we did well to hang on in there and win that game. You play in in the centre that day, were not you? I was, yes. It was odd because I went to a good club and it was very difficult to break into that side. They're a great team. But somebody was injured, and I started off on the wing, start, and then I played majority majority of my time either, uh, full back or centre. And then the odd game, Tony Meyer was injured, I played. too. But um, yeah, majority of the time I was centre or centre or uh, full back.
0: How, how did you find the sort of positional changes in league? say that again how did you How did you find sort of switching
1: positions it was very difficult you? yeah it was very difficult um, but because I'd never played the game before only seen it a few times you know I just picked up um, I absorbed everything in training listened to everyone knew um, I'd have to take my opportunity the opportunity came when one of the wingers were injured so I played and then scored a couple of tries and the goal kicking was vitally important basically Frano you know Frano went to Wigan and because he was so his kicking was so good, he was so important to them that they had to pick him in the side. And that kind of was similar with me. I kicked a lot, you know, a lot of the goals, um, and the more comfortable I got, then I moved inside and I, and I fairly enjoyed the time centre or um, or fullback. So, but you know, it was like learning a new trade. Um, but in the public eye,
0: talking about fullback, I guess that brings us on to the the fourth game because you were playing fullback against Australia, weren't you, at Wembley?
1: Uh, yeah and, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd come on against Australia a couple of times I, I, it was odd because Australia they had this kind of um, they had the wood, the wood over the, the English players you know, as if they would freeze when they played against them but I enjoyed it because I played against um, Canberra I scored I played against Australia for witness and I'd scored so yeah, it was one of those sides that I thought right okay you know, I can score against these it's not too bad um and then when I when, when Wembley was different though, you know, it was Ashes, Wembley against the Green and Gold in the Great Britain jersey. So um I, I I know how difficult it was gonna be. Um Ellery Handley was the coach for the first time, so we had a couple of new tactics. Um and you know things went well until Sean got sent off. It was a, you know, didn't miss Bradley Clay to be honest. I was hell of a shot. And um we were down to twelve men, and to, you know, to beat them with twelve men um, was, was ridiculous. And uh, they're a huge defensive effort. But the try, you know, I think I think it was the only try that day. It was all penalty kicks otherwise. And then, which is kind of rare in rugby league uh, matches. But um, yeah, it took I just took the opportunity when it came, and it was, it was fortunate enough to get over in the corner
0: how often do you get asked about that try because it it you know it's just a phenomenal try isn't it uh,
1: yeah i'm very lucky you know, i've scored a lot of a lot of my best tries on television you know the one against the two tries that come up is one scotland Wales, A T A rugby union and and that one in if a grip it and, uh, i think it's 94 is it yeah 94
0: it's-
1: yeah, so those are the two that come up all the time and people ask, "Oh, what do, you do I was there? I remember that try." So, yeah, it's it's nice that um, you know people remember, you know, a couple of a um, couple of nice tries. But uh, yeah, it was it's, it was it was nice to go and, and score in Wembley and to score, you know, against Australia. So it's, it's very special to hang on and, and win that match.
0: What was going through your mind when you take that that pass off? Um... Off Dennis Betts, and you know you you break through the line. You can see Brett Mullin, Mullins ahead. Did you just always back yourself to go around him?
1: Yeah, I think you know we didn't have much analysis in them days, but I knew the, that uh, Brett Mullins was one of the quickest players in the game. But it's when you got the ball, it, you know, it, you're in control. To be honest, so and I knew we'd been caught up in the play of the ball before, so he'd be, you know, busting to get to get across. Um, so there was a kind of a dog-leg defense. Um, so I threw a dummy in and I went through. To be honest, that's what happened. Um once I, I hit the guy, once I hit the space, I had to kind of hold check his run. So once I checked his run by dipping my head to the left, once I saw him check, I knew I'd score then from ten yards out. So it was a it was a brilliant feeling.
0: And as you say, it, it was probably the only try that day for for Great Britain, and it, it was. A match that was embodied by defensive sets, and, and you led the charge, didn't you? I mean, you put your body on the line quite literally.
1: Yeah, we did a couple of try-saving tacks, which I can't remember because on this, I think the sixty odd minute, I went off. I, did, I had a shoulder injury, and I was I was the one regret. I felt that I was playing well that year, and um, you know I'd have been a threat against Australia in the in the remaining uh, two tests, but unfortunately, you know, I missed last two tests because of a shoulder injury um, unfortunately and and Gripperton lost those two tests so it's very sad um, but yeah huge defensive effort because playing against Australia I think it's a bit like the All Blacks in Union it's the ultimate test and uh, they are the best and you've got to you know, take the opportunities when they come and then you've got to defend really really well when when they're throwing everything at you so yeah overall it was a brilliant day sunshine in Wembley beating Australia
0: Fantastic. And then on to your your fifth game, and um, the '95 Rugby League World Cup uh, and It's the the sort of the side in pool match against Western Samoa at the Vetch, which um, I mean, I, I got a few colleagues who they talk about this game relentlessly as, as one of the best games they, they they've been involved with, just just for the yeah. Yeah, occasion.
1: I think it's a whole yeah the whole thing. We played a couple of years before that, you know, <clears throat> um, coming back and showing um you know what we could do as a welsh team but i think more importantly you know we <clears throat> we won the european championships um we we'll beat england in Ninian park we we'll beat in france you know we should have we should have beat new zealand we should have tried this aloud but it was just a question of everyone getting back together because when you sign the go rugby you never think you're going to play with any of your kind of welsh colleagues again um and, you know, you're out you're dispersed across the northwest. You're lucky to play with some of the boys in the same club. But, you know, we never thought we'd have the opportunity to play together. And when it did come, you know, we totally embraced it. Um we really, really enjoyed the time together. Um, we committed to it. We wanted to, you know, not you know, just be pushovers. So we worked extremely hard and I think the World Cup came and that was that was the one game that kind of uh Brought everyone's attention to this game because it was, um, it was only a it's a league game um, a table game it was but we knew that whoever won this would go through, um, so that it was like a knockout competition and you know, they had Schuster, Tugamala they had the Tumavavi brothers they were they were a handful a very very good side and um, we knew we had to match them fire with fire um, I remember the start where. The boys went to the, you know, they did the hacker and we like kind of lined up against them, they were nose to nose then and then I it all went off and it was one of the most ferocious games in the packed vet, you know, which is also very, very nice. It was absolutely even there. And then the game, everyone kind of responded with and cheered and shouted and then the collisions were immense. Again we took our chances, we won and then we went on to the semi-final but you know, i never forget you know, the standard ovation we had and we walked around uh, to acknowledge the crowd after it was a it was just it was just a great a great evening for you know for Welsh Rugby League boys and you, know, you look at Dai Young Paul Moriarty Devs Bish uh, Kevin Ellis Rowland you know we'd all, we'd all played at Club Rugby Union and to go back there and achieve that was was something special
0: I guess that's what made this so special for the fans at the Vest wasn't it because this was this was effectively the lost generation of Welsh rugby union you know a, a lot of the boys had played at the 87 world cup and then all went yeah.
1: and so this uh, this
0: was effectively the lost generation of Welsh rugby
1: i think so and um, you know unfortunately you know wales are taking a, a downward spiral in those in those days uh, because a lot of us had gone you know and um, to come back and to, to perform as we did and i think the the a lot of the people hadn't seen many rugby league games so didn't know what to expect, but the whole atmosphere pre-match was unbelievable. They could see the size of the Samoans, and then we didn't take a backward step, we smashed into them, then he, you know, toe-to-toe fights, and there was blood and guts everywhere, and then we had a little bit of finesse to win, so, uh, yeah, it was just a great occasion. It's lovely to, you know, to still hear people say that, you know, they were there or they watched that game.
0: And obviously, this you played played 5-8 that game, didn't you, standoff? I did, yeah, I did. Yes, uh, Yesin Harris was fullback.
1: Oh, yes, he was 17. Um, I'm sure that uh, if he had been a bit older, maybe we would change positions because he became an absolute great standoff, you know, and one of the greatest players ever to play in the Super League. But he was 17 and um, I sort I of controlled things. Um, and, you know, we scored a play from a from the scrum, uh, yes, and glanced as we through as he usually does, so, um, you know, we got a, got a nose ahead, but, you, know, you had Kelvin Skerritt as well, and Di Young, Mark Jones, so, the, you know, we weren't going we, with to, a, with a pack of fours we had, we, were, we weren't we were going to get bullied, and, you know, Scott Quinnell was there as well, so we were, we, did, we just stood toe-to-toe though. I didn't realise
0: that you had, even like a young Kieran Cunningham as well, you know.
1: Yeah, we had Martin Hall, and Kieran Cunningham, so, you know, one wig and great. And then we had, you know, arguably one of the greatest hookers ever to play the game then on the bench as a young kid. But what was nice about it was the fact that everyone from... we had I can't remember that guy's name now. We had a couple of boys from um, Tag. We actually called him Tag. I can't remember his real name now. But he went up and played for Swinton. Um, and whatever level you were, and if you could play for Wales, we would all kind of... Embrace each other. I think that was the key about it. So even if the English-born Welsh boys were were part of it, they when we went out, we actually had a bonding session every Wednesday. We met because we never saw each other um, wherever we were, and everyone got on with each other. It was a, just brilliant. It was a brilliant, brilliant experience just to be with the boys once again.
0: So there we have it. Those are Jiffy's five games that shaped his career. Massive thank you to Jonathan Davis for joining us on the podcast. If you've liked this episode, please give it a review on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you listen to. That massively helps us out. And if you have any ideas for podcasts or anyone you want us to speak to in particular, let us know in the review or you can find us at Welsh Rugby Pod on Twitter. And you can let us know there.